Hello, everyone. Hi, it's Henry DeVries, CEO of Indie Books International. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. And I always like to clarify, it's not the Marketing a Book podcast. I'm sure that would be a fine podcast. It's the Marketing with a Book, how independent consultants attract more high-paying clients by marketing with a book and a speech. It's so good to have you with us here today. We know independent consultants want more credibility. They want more impact and more influence. And a few more clients wouldn't hurt either. That's what we're about. And we like to start off with some of those independent consultants who are doing just that. And I'm gonna do something different. This is a change up, everybody. I want you, in addition to introducing yourself and where you're from and the book title, just tell me, when I say more credibility from a book, what does that mean to you in a sentence or two? So let's start off. I see we've got uh, some good uh, people to go to. David Goldman, we'll put you on the spot and we'll go with Mason next. Thanks, Henry. Happy to lead off. Hi, I'm David Goldman, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, currently spending winter in Bonita Springs, Florida, and happy to do so. I wrote the book, The Road to Happiness, How to Get What You Really Want. And what it means to me when you say uh, credibility with a book, I, I think it affects the way you walk down the street. I walk down the street differently knowing that I'm an author and that I have actually written the book and it's published. Thank you, David. And let's go with Mason, the chutzpah guy. The chutzpah guy. Well, hello, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back with the uh, Indie Books family. My name is Mason Harris. I'm based in the Washington, D.C. area. My book is called The Chutzpah Advantage, and it tries to answer the age-old question, how can we get things done on a personal and business level while still maintaining a sense of humor? The credibility that it has provided me as I reach out to clients, particularly for speaking engagements, is the book demonstrates research, interviews, and knowledge. And this separates me from a number of other people who are vying for the same opportunities. So the book is probably the most important marketing brochure with, while still being a lot more than just a marketing piece. It's a, a legacy that's helping others. Thank you, Mason. Um, Dr. Carey is with us. And oh, the, Dr. Carey, the award-winning speaker, uh, is with us today. Hi, guys. Dr. Carey coming to you from Denver, Colorado. I wrote the book, Self-Help on the Go, which, as you see from the little stripe across, is in the final edit stage, which is very exciting. And credibility for me with my book is to be able to say Dr. Carey, author of Self-Help on the Go. And my book showcases my style, why I'm helpful, how I'm helpful, how easy it is to get help from me. And I think it's just all in one package in a way that I really appreciate. So. Dr. Yeah. Carey, something I appreciate about your book is it's not to help broken people. Correct. It's to help people. Well, we're all struggling one yep. way or another. Uh, it's, it's to help us be more successful and lead more successful lives. Is, is that a fair assessment? 
That's a really fair assessment. And it's funny, I was actually just in a session with a client warning about they want to work with a coach who has a long-term reputation of finding what's wrong and fixing it. You know, and I was like, just for the record, you are not broken. You don't need to be fixed. Of course, you have things to work on. You're welcome to get feedback on point number three, but points one and two, you can just literally throw in the trash. So. Thank you. Hey, Dr. Carey, I went to a therapist one time because of uh, being overweight. And I said, you know, why am I overweight? And the therapist said, well, um, let me ask you a question. Do you nurture yourself with food? And I said, ooh, I'm going to have to eat on that and get back to you. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, I see we have, uh, if I missed it, oh, of course, uh, Mark LeBlanc. I'd love to hear from Mark. Thank you, Henry. Uh, my name is Mark LeBlanc out of uh, Minneapolis, or actually now Edina. Uh, Minnesota. When I think about credibility, I think about my first book uh, published 22 years ago titled Growing Your Business. My goal was to speak and conduct presentations with the same title, and I, uh, it led to over a thousand uh, uh, Growing Your Business presentations. And from a credibility perspective, um, uh, the, the scenario became when trade associations would say, hey, we need to bring in somebody uh, this year that can help our members grow their business. Oh, I know, let's get the guy who wrote the book, Growing Your Business. And so for me, the credibility of the one-two punch book title and presentation title was everything. And then getting the .com URL, and we call that the trifecta. Right. So yeah, you you really pioneered the trifecta. Um, Mark, I'm not going to let you go that easy um, because you wrote a little book when people said, oh, they won't take you seriously unless you have a big book. And you and with this little book, your goal was to do, uh, let's say, a quantity order, a case order. And how long have you averaged quantity orders on that book? Well, safe to say that it has waned a little bit in years 19, 20, 21, and 22. Um, but I have over 800 orders of 50 copies or more uh, of my book, Growing Your Business. I'd say that's an impact and influence number there. Uh, over 80,000 copies in print? Yes. Underground bestseller. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so, uh, Steve, do you want to talk today or uh, put you on the spot the first time you're here? Well, I'll, I'll introduce myself. Okay, please do. Yeah, so I'm Steve Swavely. I'm new to the group and um, am in the process of working with Henry to write my first book. I'm in, uh, I'm in, in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And I'm just recently retired from the Truest Leadership Institute, where I was the director of consulting there. I'm looking for an excuse to come out and see you. Uh, I'm a California boy, born and bred, but North Carolina is an awesome state. 
Um, I don't know how they put that much awesomeness into one state. Well, I live, I live here in the mountains and uh, we got plenty of room for you, Henry, come on out. <laughs> Up, um, yeah, there's uh, up near Asheville, or where, where are you uh, when you say the mountains? Yep, yeah, yep. right. We're down the street from Asheville. Yeah, I'll call the Vanderbilts up and see if I can uh, crash over at their place there. Thanks so much for being with us. Okay, very special guest today. Um, I think a lot of people in the Indie Books family realize the the power of gratitude. So I wanted to have Dave George Brooke, uh, the gratitude guy, or that gratitude guy. Uh, oh, that gratitude guy. That gratitude guy with us today. Um, and you've heard the expressions about an attitude of gratitude, or you get what you think about and think about, uh, a lot of truisms out there. David has been a speaker, a coach. He's been a best-selling author for over 25 years. His published works include that Gratitude Guy's Daily Gratitude Journal. I want to hear more about that. Uh, Monday Morning Minutes, 100 Messages of Gratitude, and a number of other books on gratitude. As a result of this passion for gratitude, he's presented now over 750 speeches and workshops, and that's in the last eight years including more than 100 Zoom presentations. We call them Zoominars in the last 18 months. Uh, he has over 1,500, you heard right, 1,500 gratitude videos on YouTube. Uh, so if this is a competition, you're, you're way ahead of us. So hats off to you on that. Um, and over 1,500 subscribers. Thousands have seen his message and he's now considered a leading authority on how living a life of gratitude can enhance and improve our lives, both personally and professionally. Please welcome our guest, David George Brook. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. Thank you so much. I am so, well, so happy. I'm so, so great happy. to have you here. So just let's hit them right with it. What is your main message that you like to communicate through your work? Well, I would say if I go to my tagline, Henry, it's probably more than anything else, gratitude turns what you have into enough. And that kind of sums up basically this whole use mentioned an attitude of gratitude. And my keynote speech right now is called Maximizing Your Gratitude Attitude. And it's all about how gratitude can really help you. And I think that even though I've done this type of thing on and off for a few years, it really started way back in 1969 when I was a freshman at the University of Washington. And a teacher asked me to come to his high school and talk to this class and tell him what, they, what it would take to be successful. So I went to the class and I spoke to him. And I remember I was all nervous and having a glass of water and everything. And I went and sat in my car and I thought, I just decided that's what I wanna do when I grow up. I wanna be a motivational speaker. And it just hit me. There was something about watching those nodding heads in the class and telling them about what it was going to take and so forth. So as the journey went on through life, a lot of things happened for, uh, for those of us that had been on the planet a few decades. And sometimes if we don't really pay attention to our dreams, they get you know cast off to the side. So it was really about 45 years later, about 10 years ago, when I told my son, I said, you know, I, I'm going to have to follow up on this dream because I always wanted to be a speaker. And I remember I was managing the Lowe's. I managed Nordstrom, big stores, big box stores, six, 700 employees, and the same thing with Lowe's. And 
So it was the 23rd of December, uh, 26th of December, 2013. When I came home from Lowe's, it was two in the afternoon and Connor, my younger son said, what are you doing home? And I said, well, I quit. And he goes, you, you quit working at Lowe's? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you quit being a store manager? And I went, yeah. And he goes, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to be a speaker. And he looks up from the couch at true 17 year old. And he goes, well, that's just super dad. And I went, it wasn't quite the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> he goes, now I have a question for you. What are we going to do for food? <laughs> so I said, well, Connor, I said, I wanted to be the speaker long before you ever came along. And, but what had happened for me is I didn't know what my topic was going to be. I just knew I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And you hear a lot about topics that are leadership and time management and work-life balance and things like this. But I had suffered a lot of tragedy along the way. And my folks had died when I was pretty young. My mom had died of cancer when I was in my 20s. My father, unfortunately, took his life. He was a successful attorney, and, and we don't know what happened with him. And then my wife passed away when my sons were 4 and 14. So I remember this, this friend of mine saying to me one day, you know, you need to get a gratitude journal. And I didn't even know what a gratitude journal was. And he said, well, it's, I said, what is it? He says, well, it's something you write in every day to talk about how grateful you are and to focus on all your blessings and abundance. So it seemed like a pretty good idea. So I went out and got one. I got one on Amazon, started writing in it. And then I started doing the speaking around that same time, about 10 years ago, more or less professionally. And the two kind of really, and this is why I'm so passionate about the book aspect is because the book is the speech, the speech is the book. And when you market with a book, it gives not only the credibility, which you had mentioned earlier, Henry, which is so true, but there are so many advantages to it. For instance, on this, here's that gratitude guy's daily gratitude journal. And you fill it out every single day. It's got a template. You go through it. It's got gratitude for today, tomorrow, the highlight of the day, the, the current events and, and special occasions, the highlight, we call it, the little quote that is in there for your quote for that day. And one of the reasons it works so well is because unlike some of these others, you had mentioned this one, this Monday morning minutes, this is 100 messages of gratitude, but nothing ever took off like the journal did. And the reason that it did is because I made the talks very interactive. And so with people, you'd sign the journal and send it to the meeting planner. So there's your credibility. Oh, he has a book. And like Mark said, you know, he wrote the book and it's so true and so that gave me the credibility but what else it did that was so nice is that it made this interactive experiential experience i call it during the talks where in an hour keynote there's probably eight or ten exercises that we do where people have these little three by five cards which they later say they raise their hand i'm going to take this home with me it's going on the bulletin board it's going on the computer it's going whatever little exercises we do to plant gratitude into your brain but also what's made this journal so nice is they buy it ahead of time and then they fill it out even during the sometimes the keynote and certainly in the workshops, but the keynote and then they get to have this impact of one of the things as an example is called the daily number. And so I'll have people write down what's a daily number. Well, it's kind of you're taking your temperature. You're going to see your one is maybe the worst day of your life and 10 is the great day. So they write it down and then I have them take about 60 or 90 seconds. These aren't long exercises and write down the top four or five things they're grateful for. And then after I say now silently read that again and then write another daily number. And then now by show of hands, 
how many people's number went up from the top to the bottom? 90% of the people will raise their hands. And he goes, so there's an example for you. So having that interactive piece, which is so nice. And another aspect of the books, and I'm always, I've coached a lot of speakers. I did a master class last week called So You Want to Be a Speaker. Had about 25 people on that uh, a webinar. And it gives people a reason to come and see you because you have your book table. Now they can come and see you. They can get the book signed. If it wasn't already purchased by the beating planner, they can get their picture taken with you. They can ask you questions. They, get, they can buy more books for their people and their family and so forth. So it just, the whole, the interaction is, I don't know which is like the chicken and the egg, which is more important, the speech or the egg, the speech or the egg, the speech or the book because they both play off each other. And, and the best word you said it, Henry, is credibility. It just gives you incredible credibility. And yes, you are an author, but something about having that interactive piece made this really, really powerful. So, but it's been, it's been neat. And I, I've often said to people when they're at the book table and they're buying the books and things, and it's very gratifying to look and see this long, you know, eight, 10, 20 people in line waiting to buy books. What was your biggest takeaway? And invariably, it's always one of the exercises. Well, when you had us write that down about this, when you had us turn to our partner, when you had us raise our hand, all that kind of thing, the $20 bill exercise I do, anything like that to really plan it. Because I, I literally, I, I don't use PowerPoint. I'm just, I'm looking at the eyes of the people, but I sometimes write on just some of my notes on the podium, slow down, slow down. Cause I talk very fast and I get really going. So I get excited about it, but it's just so interesting to me because it is what I call a very healthy coping mechanism in a world of way too many destructive and deadly coping me mechanisms. I heard today on a podcast that loneliness has become an epidemic now. We're already dealing with stress and anxiety and depression and unfortunately suicide, but loneliness has too. So I just offer it the whole gratitude speech, the talk, the gratitude journal is this great coping mechanism that can really help you. David, you gave me a lot to unpack there. Do you mind if I asked you some questions to go behind the scenes on your book? Absolutely. Okay. So like a good politician, if you don't like the question I asked, just give an answer to a question you would like. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, did you traditionally publish that book? Indie published with a hybrid publisher? Or did you, and I don't use the S word, uh, I'll say, did you indie publish it yourself? Yes, yes. Okay, indie published it yourself. Yes. So correct. what does the book retail for? $20. Okay, and then I'm going to guess you can purchase it for under $5 from a printer? Uh, you don't have to give me the exact number, but am yeah. I in the right neighborhood? It's something like that, yes, correct. Okay. Um, so you have a $15 margin to play with uh, on that. Yes. Um, now, do you, uh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this is court. Uh, <laughs> answer the question, yes or no. Where I'm, where I'm going with this is you decided to do a journal mm -hmm. and I interviewed Gretchen Rubin who wrote the New York Times bestseller, The Happiness Project. Mm. Her follow-up book was The Happiness Journal. Mm. It's amazing. You don't have to write a ton of words to write a journal. Yeah. Um, is that a fair statement for it's, it's not loaded with text? Absolutely. 
It, no, in fact, it's in a, as I mentioned, it does have a template. And this is very important because I want people to follow it along. Gratitude today. Here's the day and the date. There's the daily number. I just talked about that. A couple of lines for what you're what you're going to be working on today. I've had my podcast with Henry DeVries. You write what's going on. Five or six lines of what you're grateful for. Two lines for the highlight of your day, which is the best thing that happened to you today or yesterday. And then gratitude tomorrow is on the right side. And that's your gratitude intentions. And that's where you write what you're grateful for that hasn't even happened yet. Because the subconscious mind can't necessarily distinguish between what it thinks has happened and what's actually happened. So you can program yourself. And I used to write in there, I'm grateful to be speaking to hundreds of people. And then it was hundreds and then thousands and then it was thousands. Then I spoke to 10,000 soldiers and then that was 10,000. Then I wrote a million and I had one of my videos on YouTube hit a million views. So it programs kind of the brain. So, but it's, it's really interesting because I had the other books done and they sold okay, but nothing sells like the journal. And I think, again, part of that is because of the participatory aspect of it. You see them all carrying their journals. I go to a lot of these conferences and they're all carrying their journal around and they come up and they ask you particular questions about it. So, yeah, in, fa in fact, it's funny, Henry, because you said that. So I've had fraternity brothers. They're always great, you know, from the University of Washington. So let me see if I get this straight, Dave. You have a journal and so it's a book and it's just basically lines. Is that correct? It's basically lines. And I go, whatever. I said, you don't have a book. I said, I have other books that have tons. Look at this. This has all sorts. <laughs> so, but it's just, it's been so, such a big seller. And then the interesting thing too, Henry, you mentioned like even on the markup is that I give these people a discount when they buy over 500 for these big conferences. Like it was at a conference a couple months ago, it was a thousand people down in Vegas. So they bought a thousand. And so even discounted, you still make a good chunk of money. May I ask what you discounted it to for the 500? 15. To 15. Yeah. We did the same thing. One of our authors traded book sales. Do you have an education budget? Because he was waiving his $5,000 fee and he took the $20 book down to 15. Exactly. Um, and then there were a thousand people in the audience. They said, of course we want that. And they he had them pay us and I cut him a check for $10,000. Mm -hmm. uh, so he put $10,000 in his pocket, picked up three five-figure clients as a result of the speech. Excellent, excellent. So you came, you mentioned a truism that we teach here that the book is your number one marketing tool. Speaking is your number one sales strategy. Excellent. Now you said you, you taught a course to some potential speakers what was the name of that course so you want to be a speaker and okay, i called it so, you want um, to be a speaker master class yeah. so you want to be a speaker so everybody you could steal that idea because we all have a different view of it mason would you mind just turning your mic on don't 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 uh, spotlight him just open his mic so mason if you taught that uh how would you pronounce the title of that speech um the well, actually, I've been taking notes. So in terms of uh, speech and follow-up books, uh, it could be the Chutzpah Advantage uh, Masterclass. Interesting. I was thinking you just could be the Chutzpah guy. So you want to be a speaker? So, yeah. There we go. I've also uh, proposed the Chutzpah Advantage for aspiring authors. I did actually a virtual presentation on that uh, previously. 
So the Excellent. idea that apply the rules to people who are hesitant to get started with their books, they've had this idea in their mind, maybe they've written a little. So using the, the carpe diem, the handling objections, the eight key principles and characteristics to get them moving. Uh, so that's one of the uh, speeches that I've actually done. There you I go. Thank want... you, Mason. So I just wanted to point out to everybody and to the listeners that David just did a simple pivot on that. And he used his brand, his gratitude brand, to do that simple pivot on that course, which if you want to be invited to speak, you need to speak. Uh, I imagine, David, you do paid speeches, but you also do some pro bonos. Is that Absolutely. true? Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me your policy on how many, we also call them showcases, how many showcases you do uh, in a month or in a year? What, what, yeah, what's I, I try to do the pro bono about 20%, maybe a fourth or a fifth of them for their, throughout the year. And it's interesting because I, I've realized over time, we all have friends and they mean well. And so they tell us, oh, Henry, you should do this. David, you should do that. And I'd have people, David, I've seen you speak now. You should be charging minimum for every talk. And I go, yeah, I, I don't remember me asking your opinion, but thank you. But the thing is, is that I think, if, for instance, I do rotary talks two or three times a month. And those are pro bono. And I get coaching clients. I sell books. I get referrals. I get to try out new material. And there may be 30 to 50 people in any given rotary club. And of course, now they're all on Zoom. So I don't even have to leave the condo, but it's great. It's just a great level or great area to get new clients and different things. So yeah, there's a, I always try to do the, maybe like I said, a fourth or a fifth, I'd say it'd be about right. Yeah. Mark LeBlanc is the professional speaking authority. I'm, I'm the book writing authority. Mm -hmm. Though I've observed through this that our authors who are, I'll call them professional speakers, sometimes they speak as a showcase pro bono and they will write five-figure business as a result of it. That's a professional speaker. Mm -hmm. Others might be an expert with a book who'll speak in the five to $10,000 range to a corporation. That's a professional speaker. Other people are helping nonprofits and maybe that range or 2,500 to 5,000 because they don't have the same budget. It, it's all professional speakers just I wanted to applaud you that you never have said during this thing that you ever speak for free. It's pro bono or you waive your fee or you trade mm -hmm. your, your speaking for them purchasing books. Mm -hmm. So you're using all those strategies so well. And, and uh, gosh, you really haven't been doing this for over a decade. Is that true? Just, just short of that. And you know, when I was thinking, Henry, as you said that, it's interesting as I went through each one of those barriers to where now it's, it used to be three figures, four figures, and now five figures, is that it didn't matter what friends or people said that you should be worth this much until I felt it myself. There's something about you have to believe I have enough of the content, enough con uh, enough uh, confidence and ability to communicate well. This one, there was a thousand in Las Vegas and and you walk off that stage to a standing ovation. And, and uh, I never did any drugs when I was growing up. So I don't know, but I'll tell you, that must be what cocaine is like because it's just such a high when you walk off that stage and feel that. But I couldn't have done that in the beginning. And that's, you know, eight or 10 years later, now it's looking. And, and then you get to those higher ecologies and that's what's really neat because I figure on when I budget things out I only have to do one or two of those a month and I've got a good year going right right and that leads me to the impact and influence question so 
David, two parts. One, would you define what impact and influence or having more impact and influence means to you? Mm -hmm. And then can you share an example how your book has given you more impact and influence? Absolutely. And I would say, first of all, when people ask me this, you get to be a certain age and, and I just broke over the 70-year the mark and, and I started this, as I say, 10 years ago, but at least two or three times a week, sometimes four and five, I get any kind of a message, text message, email, comment on a video, YouTube, card in the mail, telling me I've changed somebody's life. And it's just, it, I, I, sometimes I read them and I get choked up and I call my now 27 year old son, Connor, who said, you know, so I was going to be told him I was going to be a speaker and what are we going to do for food? And I tell him, look, look at the one I got today. This is really, really neat. And so I think that's where the, the comment comes in and really gets my impact. What do you do for Olympia? I, I impact lives. And that's how I really feel. And people say making a difference, which is a good thing too. But where the book and the journal come in comes in is I get this a lot from parents. Thank you so much. You totally put my child on a different track because he's doing this journal or she's doing this journal every single day. We, we told them how to write some of the things and some of the things to say or how to, to emphasize something. And like somebody would ask me some days, uh, one day, what if, you, what if you feel that you write the same thing every day? And I said, well, are you pretty happy with your health every day? Or just like on Monday. <laughs> so me, I'm always writing and I'm so, I'm so grateful to be healthy. And so when they tell me about their kids, that impact, and then through the book, and in this case, the journal really, really is cool. I'm a big fan of the book, uh, Miracle Morning. And mm. I'm saying a prayer every morning. We all have different faiths, but for me, it's a prayer. And I'm thinking for the same things every day because I still want them. Yes. And yeah, so I want to be grateful for that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, as the scripture says, first you're thankful, then you make your petitions. So you're asked. So yeah. I think that's so just, true. that's some good ancient wisdom right there. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I, I want to share, if I may, my version of your Connor story. Um, I once, uh, left uh, an advertising agency that I was the uh, head of uh, because I had a disagreement with the owner. I thought I worked there and she thought I didn't work there anymore. So we ironed that out by me leaving, but I called my family and I said, get down here, bring boxes. I was all happy and excited. And they come and they bring boxes and I pack all my stuff up. I said, let's go to lunch. And we go to Rubio's uh, for some fish tacos and my daughter, Carla, who was just in college, said, um, Dad, um, what about your retirement? And I said, what do you think's paying for these tacos? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go for it. But it was like a great day because yeah, I now could do what I really wanted in life, which was to help independent consultants attract more high paying clients. Right. And you're doing what you want, it, it sounds like an encore career. You started it at 60. I think they're making you take social security now, whether you want it or not. Yeah, you uh, have to. You're doing, it, you're doing it out there. So that's so great. What advice do you have for either David 10 years ago or all these aspiring authors and speakers and experts and consultants who, who want to be you? Uh, what advice do you have for the journey? Well, it sounds a bit trite, but the first thing that comes to my mind is it's never too late. 
And I think that so many people give up. I mean, one of the things I was talking to, as I said, I'm somebody who never even smoked dope or smoked or really drank or anything. And I just never have understood. I've said the biggest question I've had about life is I don't understand why people don't take better care of themselves. Because, and, and I've asked doctors what their opinion, they said they don't think, some people think they were going to live that long. So for me, I always wanted to live a long time. Now I've got my two sons and, and a grandson and a granddaughter and another one on the way. So there's a lot to live for, but it's never too late. And I think one of the things that really concerns me is I have these friends and fraternity brothers. We're all in our late 60s, early 70s. I'm really worried about some of them that they're going to be around very long because they've they've retired. They've given they, all they do is they play golf. They go to Starbucks. Of course, Starbucks is from Seattle. They look at their stock market portfolio every day. But I said so. I saw something the other day that said on and there's always studies that said if you have a purpose, you live seven to ten years longer than people that don't have a purpose. And I have a purpose. I'm going to do this into my 70s, 80s, and 90s, God willing, because when people tell you that you've changed their life, it just, it's priceless. You can't put an amount of money on that that you get to impact people. So I think it's never too late. And, and for instance, have a hero, get a hero. One of my heroes is Colonel Sanders, 63 years old is when he started KFC. You know, and gosh, Mary Kay Ash was like 58 when she started her cosmetics and Ray Kroc was 55 and, and JC Penny, I think was 57 or something, but Colonel Sanders is my favorite. Then there's John Hausman was 71 when he got an Oscar for the paper chase. And so, and he only started acting a few years. So it's never too late, but the biggest thing, and I know this word gets used a lot, but I just don't have a better word is if you can figure out what your passion is. And people, well, well, you found your passion. You're that gratitude guy. And I said, well, hold on a second. What would you do if you had all the money? What would you do if every morning, every money, every morning, rather, you got up and there's a million dollars deposited in your checking account? You couldn't possibly spend it. What would what did you want to do when you grew up? What did you always want to be? You know, what did you want to do? And so if you didn't get paid for it, and I've seen some people start some pretty cool careers, so it's never too late. But that purpose thing is huge to me because there's a lot of people. We're the home of Boeing. And I had a friend that worked there for years and they said they'd see these uh, final um, retirement notices and they'd cut them out and put it on a bulletin board. Fred Smith left engine assembly on the 777 and then they'd have a piece of yarn that would go over and it would have the obituary three months later all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the, the purpose thing, and again, there's other things you're, you know, the purpose, the passion, but something that you like to do. And if you can impact people, uh, it's just, I'm sure everybody on this call is exactly that way is you get to impact people. And I just don't know if there's any greater service. I want to share something that you sparked and then also talk about a gift that we should all be grateful to you for. So first, the thing you sparked, I was on the faculty at the University of California, San Diego, one of the top medical schools in the country. And one of the professors of medicine told me, he goes, Henry, we've discovered the fountain of youth. I said, wow, the fountain of youth. And he goes, yes, it's three things. One, eat right. You are what you eat. Two, exercise daily. At the very least, go walking for an hour. And three, have a reason to get up in the morning. Mm. And without that third, um, it does not work out well. Yeah. So you have a gift for us. Would you share the gift that you're offering today? Well, I actually, I'm going to send anybody this journal signed by the author. 
if they would like it and just let me know the address and so forth. And I will sign. In fact, I was going to mention earlier when you asked about the speaking and the book connection is I just signed 150 journals the last couple of days. And because I'm doing a talk next week. So you get them all, they get them all signed. So they hand them out and they're already signed and people really like that. So that's neat too. But that, yeah, that is my gift. And I will be happy to sign it and send it out to you on me. I want one. And so you know, you will be receiving in the mail a thank you note. Mm. Because I was raised by uh, Janice DeVries, Janice Huff DeVries, a waitress from New York, didn't finish high school. Wow. And when we received something, it would be, have you done your thank you note yet? Have you done? Wow. Because Emily Post says the thank you note must go out within a week. You should specifically mention why you were thankful for the gift. And if it's money, what you will do with the money. And I asked my sister, I said, how did mom know Emily Post? She said, she, it, she, Emily Post had a column. Emily Post, if uh, this is uh, not a reference that you remember, she was the etiquette expert of mm -hmm. the 60s and 70s. Uh, Letitia Baldridge is, you know, became one in the 80s and the 90s. Um, but my mother read Emily Post every day. And that was like, this is the rule book. She got the rule book every day. Wedding, you had a year to get the thank you to them. So, but, you know, but she, she was on to something, Henry, a long time ago. And it's really good because you think about this, people will say to me, they've got a gratitude app and they can do this and talk and it types and all this kind of thing. And right on the second or third page of here, it says, if you think about it, it's like a dream. If you talk about it, it inspires you. But if you write about it, it empowers you. And there's something powerful. I am so grateful to Henry DeVries and Suzanne for inviting me to the podcast. It plants it in here. And if ever there's a time, those of us that are getting up in, up in years, you want to keep this thing exercising as much as the rest of your body, it would be now. So that's an example of just writing it. And so there's nothing like that pen to paper. So especially in the thank you notes, a great example as well. And be specific. Mm -hmm. uh, don't just say, well, oh, thanks for the gift. Uh, be yeah. specific, comment about it. I, I have something to share with you. This is like, none of these are my ideas. It's all R&D. Um, somebody said to get a, a, a box, kind of mm -hmm. a precious box. And in this, I keep all the thank you oh, notes cards. and the wow. letters and the letters from people that you, you taught me 15 years ago and my life has turned out so well. I mean, like, Oh, that's so neat. And, and it's in. And neat. some days when I'm not feeling as grateful as other days, yes, I trot this out and go through it and go, yeah, there are people who appreciate our work and what we do. And what's really neat about that, Henry, because I've done something very similar, but it's more of a notebook, but I love the box because that kind of speaks to the contents. Look at look at this is this isn't just some little cardboard box. This is actually a very ornate box. And then, as you say, on those days you're not feeling it, guess what that'll do for you? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. That's a, those are endorphins right there, baby. Yes, they uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we've covered a lot. I think I wanted to ask you about what you see for your future. I'm curious. Uh, you you intimated a little, but the future, what's the future for you? And I guess what I'm asking is, what do you want 
that maybe somebody listening could help you get? Well, I think there's a couple of things that come to mind, and they're just really all about reaching more people. And one of the things you were asking how I publish those books in the journal and so forth, and I really have an idea. It's actually I've got the outline done for a hardcover book because I just really feel in this case, it would be maximizing your gratitude attitude where the book is the speech, the speech is the book. So doing that is certainly one thing in the future. And then the other thing that is it's, it's just, I use the example, I spoke at a church in North Seattle, and there must have been, I don't know, four or 5,000 people there. But I remember when this pastor, Dan, had a few people in his garage, and they, they just read the Bible, and then they get together, and there'd be a few, and then a few more neighbors, and they built it. Now, here it is, they have to have traffic cops that have all the cars come and go, because there's so many people for the 10 o'clock service on Sunday. <laughs> And so to me, it, when you get something that you're passionate about, I'm very passionate about it. And I think gratitude can, can not only change your life and transform it, but I think in many cases it can save it. I, I think in, in many ways it saved my life because I had a lot of things that were taking me down a path of depression and anxiety about just what, why are all these deaths happening to me and so forth. But it helped me focus on what I had. So when you have something you want to share it with people and when you want to share it with people, you want to share it with more and more. So as much as I like doing those pro bonos in the 30 and 40 people, as I mentioned that there was two in Las Vegas, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, it was a thousand people, and then it was 750. And they're just walking off those stages. And then when people come up and buy the books and I'll, the part you said about so-and-so, and you can see how many people resonate with it. So you want to get to bigger and bigger stages. And to me, it's just thrilling. I mean, it was just when I did the 10,000 soldiers at Joint Base Lewis-McChord, and that was a couple of years ago. And that was 5,000 in the morning and 5,000 in the afternoon. But when people tell you and they get, sometimes they get tears in their eyes. And I was having a really tough time because my son, my daughter, this, this, that, whatever. So you want to reach more and more people. So my goal is to really, and now that both Connor and Kyle are grown, uh, traveling, I love traveling, especially now that it's kind of back post-pandemic, but I'd want to be doing two or three major talks every month. You know, and flying all around, I've got a bunch of them planned already. So to me, more and more people and getting the message out, because I just think it's such a powerful coping mechanism for so many people that could use it. David, do you know what the four magic words are in the English language? I know a guy. So oh, now we all know a guy, that I gratitude right. guy. I like that. And if people are looking for somebody to consider to put them on the stage. How do they find you? How do we find you so we can forward the info? Thank to you. Else? Thank you so much. I'm on, uh, my website is That Gratitude Guy. The whole brand is That Gratitude Guy. So I'm on uh, the website there at That Gratitude Guy. You can contact me for any kind of speaking or coaching or that kind of thing. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well as David George Brook, That Gratitude Guy, and got a lot of followers and connections there. So that's usually the easiest. And anything through that website, you can get to me. And um, also David at That Gratitude Guy is the email. So it makes it all pretty easy to reach me. It's a trifecta. You did it. Thank you so much. Uh, before we go, is there any one last thought or comment you wanted to share? Thank you for that. I, I would say my last comment is always kind of the same. For people that are struggling out there, for people that are having a tough time, it could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be relationships, uh, monetary, I mean, just you name it, family things, whatever it is. 
I just plead people to try gratitude and to try a gratitude journal. So my last message is even if you don't get this gratitude journal, get a spiral notebook or something, but try at the very least, try to just maybe just start out with a sentence, maybe a word, just what's your word for today? And if maybe you can do more than a word, do a sentence, because I learned over time, it is so much better to do less than you hope for than nothing at all. So if you even start, I am grateful to Henry DeVries and Suzanne for inviting me today. That's a start. So you don't have to go into the big thing. I put my gratitude journals over there. You'll see it's filled out every single day. I, I just wouldn't, I couldn't be talking like this if I didn't set the example. Every morning I do this power hour and I get up and get ready and, and take my shower and I write in the gratitude journal and I do my meditation, I do my stretching. Well, that gratitude journal is the first thing. It's just five to 10 minutes, but it sets the tone for every single day. So try it, try it, try it. You'll see it'll make a difference in your mindset and it might make a huge difference in your life. As they say on the Olympic broadcast, you stuck the landing. <laughs> Thank you Thank so much for being our guest today. I was Thank thinking you. as you were talking about some really dark times I had when I would make a list of all the things I was thankful for. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, usually when somebody says I'm counting my blessings, it's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good day. That's right. That's but right. you taught us that life threw you some very hard aspects mm -hmm. and you went out there and helped people yeah. and helped more and more people yeah. and were helped by it. Yeah, so that's something I took away from your story. Thank you so much for being You're our welcome. guest today. Uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. Excellent. If I could do a favor for you, please ask. I will. Thank you so much, Henry. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So thanks to everybody for listening and have a grateful week. We'll see you next week on the Marketing with a Book podcast.